0: Now, if uh, you are wondering, like, who's the dummy on stage? Let me introduce myself. Uh, my name is Trent. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. And I'm going to be guiding us in our, our journey today. We're in part three of our series. But this is no dummy, OK? So this is Manny. And uh, Manny's going to help us with the service today. So what I ask is, if Manny does anything weird behind me, please let me know. He's been weirding me and my family out this week because I have uh, had him dressed up and I've had him in different spots in our house and I forget that he's here. And so I walk around the corner and like, whoa, there's a strange man in my house. <laughs> I got to get ready to either fight or run away. I'm not sure what's going on. And I, it's been kind of fun to scare my kids uh, with him. So he'll come home. Uh, with us today. But if he does anything weird during the service, please let me know. Now, if you're new, we're in part three of a series called "No Freedom. And if you look at our series title, you can see that it can have two meanings. So the first meaning can mean knowledge, like knowing freedom that God offers us. And that's what we're trying to learn. But it can also mean the word that's highlighted in yellow, which is the word know. No freedom, as in absence, something taken away from us, and that's how many of us feel when it comes to making God honoring commitments. It comes to making you know almost any commitment. There can be a moment of us thinking, you know, what I'm going to lose some freedom if I make that choice. We can even feel that way with God honoring commitments. You know, if I if I commit to God fully, or if I commit to do that thing, then I'm going to lose some freedom in my life. But God has a different perspective. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said in John. Chapter eight, starting in verse 31 and 32, in verse uh, 31, he said, "Um, you truly are my disciples if you remain faithful in my teachings. Another way to say that is if you commit, if you commit to follow me and, and live the way that I live, then verse 32 comes into play. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So from God's perspective, freedom comes When we make and keep God-honoring commitments. That's what we're trying to learn in this series. How can we make God-honoring commitments and experience this freedom that Jesus offers us? Now, if you were with us last week, you heard us talk about God's commitment to us. So we began this journey by looking at what the Bible calls a covenant which is the deepest of all agreements between two people. And we looked at the covenant that God made with a man named Abram. He later got a name changed to Abraham. It was almost 4,000 plus years ago. Then we looked at a covenant that God made with those of us who put our faith and trust in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And he made that covenant just a little bit over 2,000 years ago. And again, it's the deepest of all agreements between two people. And if you missed that message, I strongly encourage you, to go to our website, go to our iTunes account and listen to that because it'll give you a great backdrop for what we're gonna do today and throughout the rest of the series. So starting today, we're gonna begin to look at how should we live in response to the, the covenant, the commitment that God has made to us. And so we're gonna transition and start looking at some things that we might want to commit to him. And I gotta tell you about this first thing. So this first thing that we're gonna look at is one of the most difficult commitments for us to make, and yet it can be one of the most rewarding. We're gonna talk about the God-honoring commitment of forgiveness. So as we begin this, let me just do a quick survey. How many of you would say by a show of your your hands being raised whether or not you've been hurt in your life at all? Like anybody's hurt your feelings somehow, some way? Okay, so everybody, you know, you should have your hand up because we've all been hurt. All of us have been hurt. Some of us have been hurt in small ways. Some of, of us have been hurt in really big ways. And there's some of us that have these deep wounds that we're carrying around these, these deep scars from something that happened uh, maybe a year ago, a month ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. I mean, some people have, have carried this deep wound so long that they feel stuck in life. And maybe that's how you feel today. Maybe you feel stuck, like you're in some prison that, that you can't get out of because of something that someone else has done to you. Well, this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to ask God to help us get unstuck, help us to deal with uh, the, the minor issues maybe that we face and, and the, the major issues. And God, uh, we're going to invite him on the journey of helping us to find a way out of the prison that unforgiveness can leave us locked in. And here's the interesting thing about today's message is you don't have to be a Christ follower to benefit from it. I mean, you may be here today and say, you know, I don't believe in all that Jesus stuff. That's okay, glad you're here. I hope that you'll, you'll uh, take another step in your relationship with God. But here's the thing about today's message is you can apply it today and not uh, drink the Kool-Aid. Okay, thanks for laughing at the partial joke. So you, you don't have to be fully in, a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ to benefit from what we're gonna talk about. You can take this stuff home, apply today and benefit today from it, whether you believe in Jesus or Or not. So I'm glad you're here if you're just exploring faith in Christ. Now, here's the first thing that I feel like we need to do in order to experience this freedom that God offers us from forgiveness. And that is that we need to determine to make forgiveness a lifestyle thing for us. We've got to determine to live a life of forgiveness. And let me just talk to those of you who uh, claim to be Christ followers for just a moment. So if you think about forgiveness from this perspective, it's what our faith is built upon. You think about how forgiveness fits into Christianity and what it means to us as Christ followers. Our faith is built on the forgiveness that God has given us. And then God says, what I want you to do is in turn, give that to other people. So when we forgive people, when we give people forgiveness for the hurts that they've done to us, we are giving them Jesus. We're giving them kind of the the core elements, the core values of Christianity. And yet, when we withhold forgiveness, when we say, you know what, I'm not gonna forgive you because what you did was so bad, what you did was so wrong, it was so painful, it was so hurtful, I'm not going to forgive you, In essence, what we are doing is we are withholding Jesus from people. So as Christ followers, forgiveness should be one of the main values that we live by. It should be one of the main hallmarks of our lives. Now, if you aren't a Christ follower, you may say, like, I don't care about that. And and that's okay. Um, But again, there are incredible benefits for people who determine to live a life Of forgiveness. Incredible benefits. So we've got to make a commitment. Say, like, I'm committing. I'm going to be a person of forgiveness. This is going to be a hallmark of my life. And you can benefit from that whether you are a Christ follower or not. Now, the next thing that we need to do is we need to make a realistic determination when we have been hurt, of the type of hurt that has happened to us. So, I don't mean to, you know, like ruin your day or anything, but there's a good chance you're going to get your feelings hurt today or tomorrow, or someone's going to say something that's going to be super hurtful or do something that's going to be super hurtful this week. I mean, there's just a real chance that you're going to get hurt in the next few days or weeks or months. So we've got to be prepared for that. And we've got to determine when that happens, we've got to be really good at figuring out which category, which category that hurt fits into. So when the hurt comes, we got to decide, is this a minor hurt? Is this a medium kind of hurt? Or is this a major kind of hurt? And I want to remind all of us today that not every hurt in life is a major hurt, okay? So if you would, tell the person sitting next to you, not every hurt in life is a major hurt. So just take a second, make sure they know. Okay, for that person who turned to you and said that, say it right back. Say, hey, just want you to know, not every hurt in life. Great. Okay. Now let's say it to ourselves. Okay. Like, Hey, Trent, I'm saying to me, Trent, not every hurt in life is a major hurt. There are many things that fit into the minor category, many things. So for example, somebody responded negatively to your social media post. And I don't mean that they put a negative response there. Here's what I mean. They didn't put any response. You know, like they didn't like it. They didn't reshare it. They didn't say anything. They didn't post one of those cool smiley face emojis. You know, they didn't do that. Like how insensitive of them. Can you believe that? You know, we take all the time to think up those cool little creative things or, you know, post about our day, like went to Walmart again, bought more milk. You know, I took all the time to tell the world that. And they don't have the decency to let me know that they're super excited for me. Like, that is so rude and hurtful. Or there's that person that walked past you in Walmart, and they didn't even say hi. Now, it doesn't matter that they weren't looking at you. It doesn't matter that you hoped they wouldn't look at you. You know, you were walking past going, please don't look at me. Please don't look at me. Please don't look at me. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you. And then when they walked past and didn't say anything, you got furious. Like, can you believe that person? Like, I can, they, I was in the aisle. You couldn't miss me. And they walked right on past and didn't say anything to me. That is so infuriating. Not everything in life is a major issue. There are many things that fall into the minor Category And listen to what Scripture tells us about minor categories. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is this great passage that has so many implications for us as Christ followers. And it heavily applies to forgiveness issues, relationship issues. And uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 falls right between chapter 12 and chapter 14, which... (laughs) I'm the master of the obvious, but let me tell you what's happening in 12. So there's this big argument happening in 12, and, and Paul's talking about that argument in chapter 12. He's talking about that argument in chapter 14, and then in chapter 13, he goes, a big timeout. He Says, whoa, timeout, everybody. Let me remind you of some important things, some values that we should live by. So let's listen to some of these values. First Corinthians chapter 13, starting in verse four, says this. It says, be patient and kind. Don't be jealous or boastful, or proud, or rude. Man, those things sound very valuable whether you're a Christ follower or not. Don't demand your own way or be irritable. And here's a big one. Don't keep a record when you have been wronged. Like, I don't know if that like pricks your heart, but it pricks my heart. There are many moments where um, an interaction will happen between my wife and I and I will keep score. I will keep record. Oh, such and such a day, such and such a time. This is what you said. This is the look on your face. You didn't have to say anything. I saw it. I saw it in the look in your eyes. I could tell what you were communicating to me. I mean, I can keep a scorecard of so many minor things. And yet what God comes along and he says this, Now, listen to this. I think this is so incredibly profound. I prayed all week about, like, God, what is the bottom line truth that we need to understand when it comes to minor issues? So here it is. I think God wants us to pull up our big boy pants and our big girl pants and sing the Frozen song. Do we know it? Okay, so let's sing it together. Ready? Let it go, let it go. And you can tell that I shouldn't be on the worship team because I can't sing and it's okay because I'm not offended at that because it's a minor issue. So I think God says when it's a minor issue, start singing Frozen. Let it go. Just learn how to let those things go as quickly as you possibly can. Now, here's the thing. If we don't do that, if we don't let minor issues go, guess what? We become the major problem. And I, I wish I could say that I wasn't the major problem, but I, like I'm the major problem uh, in my own life, in my relationships when it comes to making minor issues major issues. And when we don't deal with minor issues, our pride, our ego, our oversensitivity gets way too big. It gets out of control and then we become the problem. So here's what I recommend. If you're not really sure, how do you fit things into the right category? If you're really not sure about, you know, even if you have a minor category at all, because everything's so major in your life, what I encourage you to do is find someone that you trust to talk to and ask them, like, hey, like, I wanna present this issue to you, and I wanna ask, like, help me put it in the right category. Is this a minor issue or not? And look for someone who will speak truth to you, someone who is not impressed by you, someone who's not trying to earn brownie points from you, but somebody who'll look look you into the eye and just speak bold, honest truth. And if they say it's a minor issue, what do we need to do? Let it go. Pull up our big boy pants and start singing, let it go. All right, I'm gonna try out for the worship team later, so pray for me. Now, those are minor issues. Um, The second category of issues are are medium-type issues, and they're a little bit harder to deal with. They they take a little bit more time, a little bit more work, and they're they're not as easy as those minor issues. And the cool thing is Jesus speaks about this in Matthew chapter 18. There's ever a passage in the Bible that I think that we should have earmarked in our Bibles, we should know where it is, we should probably read it once a month, if not once a week, Matthew chapter 18. So let's spend some time in in Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse 15. This is Jesus speaking, and he says, if another believer sins against you, many translations say if another brother sins against you. So I think this is applicable to anybody in our lives. If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. So Jesus says, listen, somebody hurt you. Go to them and talk to them right away. Just go directly to them, go privately to them, go in person, talk to them. Now, here's where I struggle, and I don't know if you struggle with these things, but I know I struggle with some of these. This is where I struggle with Jesus' teachings because I don't naturally want to go directly to that person. I want to go to every other person. Like I don't want to talk to them. I want to talk to everybody else. I'm gonna to talk to my friends and their friends and my family and their family and my dog and their dog. And you know, sometimes I wanna get on social media, you know, post that stuff everywhere and talk to the world, but not talk to them. And I, Jesus says, that's, that's not the way we do this. Especially if you're a Christ follower, go directly to the person, talk to them in person and directly. Now, another reason that I, I struggle with this is because I think they should come to me. Hey, after all, they hurt me. It's their issue, not my issue, and so they should come and talk to me. And so there are m- many moments in my house where I have done this posture. I'm not going. I'm not going to talk to my wife. I'm not. I'll go stand in the garage and have a conversation with my tools, and I'll talk to my tools. You're like do you, hammer, do you know? Do you know what Tammy just said? That, that was just horrible. Um, pliers, do you understand? Like, like, do you get it? Do You feel my pain. And then, you know, God will break into my conversation with my tools and say like, hey, the tools aren't responding. The tools aren't the issue. You shouldn't be talking to your tools. You should be talking to your wife. So pull up your big boy pants and get back in there and talk to your wife. So again, if if you're a Christ follower, Jesus says the best way to live, if you're not a Christ follower, Jesus says the best way to live is to go to that person in private and go to them directly and talk about this issue And I love how Jesus gives us the encouragement here because it's a way to contain what happened and to resolve it and to figure that forgiveness issue out, that conflict issue out, and move forward with a better relationship. And if we don't do that, we light a fire of gossip. Let me go tell everybody else. And the fire goes. And nobody knows maybe that one day you and I resolve our conflict or I resolve my conflict with my wife. Nobody, nobody understands that because I've lit a fire of gossip somewhere else. So Jesus says, protect that relationship. It's so important. It's so valuable. Now, some of us say, you know what? I've tried that. Look, like I went, it didn't go real well. Jesus continues in verse 16. He says, but if you are unsuccessful, he knows that maybe that won't always work. If you're unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. So, what Jesus says here is this forgiveness issue, this relationship issue, this resolving conflict issue is so important, it's worth several rounds of conversation and it's worth getting other people involved in the conversation. Now, here's where we have to be careful. If we aren't careful, we'll get the wrong people involved, um, and it'll start looking like uh, a, a case that's going to a judge, and you know, we'll get our lawyer, or they'll get their lawyer. So if if you and I are in conflict about something, I should not go get my friends to help us resolve the conflict. Why? Because they will side with me because I'm right and you're wrong. I mean, I'm like practically perfect in every way. You know, what I mean, you just ask my wife. Don't ask my wife. She will not confirm that. She will not tell you that. She will tell you that I'm a goofball who creates most of the conflict in our lives. So we can't go get our friends. We've got to find somebody who's a neutral party. Again, we're looking for somebody who will speak truth to us. Somebody who's not impressed by us. Somebody who's not trying to earn brownie points. Somebody will look us in the eye and say, hey, here's where you're wrong on that. Hey, here's where you're wrong on that. Here's how we can resolve this issue. So we've got to get people who are neutral parties and who can help us resolve this and work through some of these forgiveness issues. Now, if that doesn't work, and we've got verse 17. So Jesus says this, if the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. Let me pause there for just a minute. Um, this gets a little tricky especially if you don't have a church home or if they don't have a church home. It gets a little bit weird. If you're not a Christ follower, if they're not a Christ follower, it gets a little bit weird. Like, hey, I'm gonna go take it to the church leaders. Like, wow, that sounds really weird. Um, But I think the principle still applies, whether you're connected with a church family or not. Now, for Christ followers, one of the benefits... Being connected deeply into a church family is when you have some of these forgiveness issues and conflict issues is you have people around you who will help you on that journey. And I gotta tell you, I, our elders, some of our staff, we have all helped people move forward in resolving conflict and working through forgiveness issues. And I love doing that. It's something that I think scripture asks us to do. So if you have that, take advantage of it. And, and, and get in touch with a church leader and say, hey, like I've got some conflict issues. Will you speak truth uh, to, to me? Now, if you're not a Christ follower, you're not connected with a church family, I think the principle still applies. You can still find a wise counsel. You can find people that, that will speak truth to you and try to help you resolve those issues and move forward. And then Jesus continues, well, what if that doesn't work? He continues and he says this, then if he or she won't accept the church's decision, Treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. All right, now, before you get like super excited about what that means, you know, like, hey, Jesus just said that I could, you know, just go off on this person. Before you get excited, let me ask this How did Jesus treat tax collectors? He invited them to follow him. You know who Matthew is? He's a tax collector. And Jesus invited Matthew, the despised tax collector. Jesus spent large amounts of time with people that were labeled as pagans and notorious sinners because he loved them, wanted to help them move towards a relationship with God. So if somebody says, listen, I don't want any of your forgiveness, I don't wanna resolve this, that doesn't mean Jesus says you can now be cruel to them. What it means is we gotta learn to love them in a different way. Learn to love them the way that Jesus did. Does that mean that relationship has got to be repaired? Not necessarily. There's trust issues that have been broken. Trust and forgiveness are different things. You can forgive somebody and not trust them. So it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be right back in a relationship with that person, but it does mean we should love them. We should learn how to love them in a way that that really honors God. Now, the third type of hurts. These are major hurts. These are significant life events that will mark us for probably all of our lives. And things that fit into this category would be things like abuse and betrayal, murder, rape. These are big things. Really big things. And all that Jesus talked about in Matthew 18 and they, they apply. And if you're kind of in that spot, you know, one of the things I'd encourage you to do is get some some help, maybe some professional help, some spiritual help, maybe some counseling help to help you get unstuck in that spot. These things are not easily forgotten. They're not easily let go. So we can't just let them go like a minor issue. There's only one person who could do that. There's only one person who could let go of major issues, and that was Jesus. So so get this scene Jesus has been falsely accused for things he didn't do, falsely imprisoned. He's been whipped, beaten, tortured, and nailed to a cross. And then get what he says in Luke chapter 23, verse 34. He says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Now, I read that prayer and I think, I don't know if I could ever pray that. I don't know that if I could could ever pray that in Jesus' spot, like, wow. But here's the encouragement from that prayer. It is possible to get over major hurts. It is possible to get past major hurts and wounds in life. It is possible to walk out of the prison that those kind of hurts try to force us to live in. It's possible. Jesus modeled it for us, and he didn't model it because he was God saying, look at me, do something that you can't do. He modeled it so that we could learn how to do that. So we too could learn how to forgive people who hurt us, in small ways, in medium ways, in major ways. But here's what it looks like. For us to not forgive, for us to live in this prison of unforgiveness, it looks like, it looks like this. Somebody tell me that I look ridiculous right now. Like, uh, thank you. I feel pretty ridiculous up here. Okay, but this is how many of us look. When we live in unforgiveness, we are carrying that person around on our backs all the time. And we're allowing them to hurt us and control us. And that pain that they cause, we're letting it continue in our lives day after day after day. And here's the thing. Some of you aren't just carrying one person. You might be carrying two. Or three or five or 10 or more. And it just gets overwhelming. And it gets so exhausting to carry somebody on your back all the time after the stuff that they've done to you. It's exhausting. Here's what I've learned in my life. I cannot hold a grudge. And the reason isn't because I'm some super spiritual Christian. I'm not. Ask my friends. They'll tell you. The reason I can't hold a grudge is because within moments, that grudge starts holding me. It takes control of my life, it starts to control how I think how I feel, how I behave. And I give that person that I'm holding that grudge against, I give them power in my life. I give them power to control me longer. I give them power to influence what I do and how I think and how much longer I'll be carrying this weight on my shoulders. And I can tell like there's a moment for me and I can feel it. Like when I'm in conflict with somebody, there's a moment where I flip a switch where I go either I'm gonna hold this grudge or try to and flip this switch And I'm just going to sit in this spot. I'm going to sit in this prison. I want you to feel my pain. I want to show my pain. I want to show my discomfort to you. There's a moment where I flip that switch. I say, I'm just going to stay stuck. God says, I don't want you to be stuck. I don't want you to flip a switch like that. I want you to set yourself free. Here's what true forgiveness does. It sets us free. Sorry, Manny. He'll be okay, but it sets us free. It sets us free from having to carry that person on our shoulders anymore. It sets us free from having to try to make sure they understand the pain that they caused. It sets us free from trying to get even with them, like get back. I want them to feel the same kind of pain I feel. It sets us free from having to do that. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11. So Matthew chapter 11, Jesus talks about this kind of freedom. Verse 28, he says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Doesn't that sound great? Doesn't that sound amazing? Some of you have been carrying a burden for far too long. And Jesus says, if you come to me, if you bring me that burden, that person you're carrying, I'll take that and I'll make your burden light. So I gotta ask in closing, who is on your back? Who are you carrying? Is it a family member? Is it a boss, coworker, an ex, a complete stranger, somebody you don't even know? Who are you carrying? And then let me ask this: When will you stop carrying them? Like, like when? I, I'm a firm believer that we decide how long we'll carry somebody. That we decide when we'll set ourselves free from that prison of bitterness that we can live in. We set that date. So how much longer will you carry that person? Will it be a day? Will it be a month, a year, 10 more years? You decide. So pick it. Put it on your calendar. Find a date. If you want to carry them 10 more years, great. Find a calendar and it goes 10 years out and write on the date. They're like, this date, I'm gonna set them free. Set myself free. Today could be the day that you do that, though. Today could be the day that you stop carrying somebody who hurt you. Today can be the day that you stop letting them continue to hurt you. Today could be the day that you learn how to do that. If, if you don't know how to do that, it could be the day you say, like, I don't know how to do this, but I'm gonna learn. I'm sick and tired of carrying this person. Today could be that day for you. So for those of you who need more help in that, like maybe you're dealing with a medium issue or a major issue and you just need more help and, and guidance in how to get past that, how to forgive and move on in the freedom that forgiveness offers. On our spiritual growth challenge, I have some book recommendations for you. There's three books I strongly encourage that you get and you start reading them with determination and faithfulness and you read them with this with this determination you say like I am going to learn how to do this please God teach me how to do this and you can learn how to stop caring people that hurt you here's how we're going to close today our worship team is going to come out in just a minute and they're gonna sing this song that most of us here, if you're a regular tender, you've heard this before probably, and um, most of us kinda of love to sing this song. It's called Come As You Are. It's written by David Crowder, and it's a fantastic song. There's so many great elements in this song about bringing our burdens to Jesus and laying them down. So what I encourage you to do during this song, if you're carrying somebody on your back, use this song as a moment to lay them down. Like just lay that, that issue, that burden, that person down. Like Turn your seat into kind of an altar where you can lay them down. And then when you stand up at the end of the service and you walk out, leave that person there. Don't pick them up again. Don't take them with you. And here's the cool thing. At the end of today, one of the last things I usually do is mop the floor. I will mop them up for you <laughs> so that when you come back next week, they're not here. You don't have to pick them up. You don't have to carry them any more. Lay them down and leave them there. Let's see Jesus' words one more time. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Let's pray together. God, some of us here today are are carrying some burdens from some light issues, some minor things. And as we've learned today, Lord, we need to just let those things go. We need to learn how to do that. So Lord, I pray that you would teach us how to, to put things in that category that fit in the minor category and how to quickly move on from them as if they've never happened. But Lord, there are those that are carrying medium-sized issues and major issues in their lives as if they've been carrying that person on their back maybe for years. And today could be that day. Like, this moment could be the moment that they decide I'm not carrying them anymore, or the moment that they decide that I'm gonna learn how to stop carrying them right now, this day, in January. So Lord, I pray that you would give them the resources that they need, and Jesus, you said if we would come to you, you would teach us. So Lord, now we lay these burdens down. We wanna come to you. We wanna learn to live with the freedom and forgiveness can offer us. So teach us. We are here to learn. Jesus' powerful name we pray this. Amen.